Can you all hear me? Yeah. Uh, for God's word. And um, it's really been very rich, even though we've had very brief words. Um, it's still, the word of God has been coming quite fresh and frequently to us. Who's been here the whole summer? Every Saturday. So quite a lot of us, you see. I missed last week, but I know the young people spoke about what happened at Soul Survivor, and that was very significant for them. And I think God is starting to prepare us now for a new season. The title of today's talk is Who Am I? It's Who Are We? But I'll talk about myself. Identity is one of those things which has followed me around all my life. Um, And... It's sometimes easy to say who I am and sometimes very difficult because circumstances can sometimes tend to overwhelm my sense of who I am, my identity. And so I'm going to be exploring slightly who I am today, but I'm also going to be talking about uh, the implication of who we really are and what it might look like as we go forward. A couple of years ago... um, I was made redundant. It wasn't a surprise. It was all planned. Um, And I had planned to get a job and move on from there. And for many of us, our identity is wrapped up in what we do in our jobs. And a job that wasn't forthcoming. I applied for 98 jobs, and nothing came. And I titled myself a project manager. I even did some training to beef up my CV, and that was useless. The training was fantastic. The certificate looks wonderful, but it's useless. And it's funny because, you know, I put that on my CV and it still didn't make any difference. And it was an interesting time. I remember coming to a point where um, I had a bit of an anxiety attack in a supermarket car park. And um, I just got a bit overwhelmed with stuff. Odd place to have an anxiety attack, but they did sort of come uh, of their own accord. And Amanda prayed for me there and then. And As time has gone on, she's remarked how a lot of the work that I now do leaves me up in my room on my own daily, and I don't often see people. And for a person who's gregarious and extrovert, that is a very strange thing. Why should I be withdrawn back to my little room to write for hours and hours and hours? And God gave me a word about that, which I'll come back to at the end. Right. That one? Ah. That's who I was. Age, I can't remember. Who knows? Do you, do you like the feet? Look at the feet. Doing something that I've been passionate about ever since. But sometimes in life, I become so overwhelmed by the battles I'm going through that I forget who I am. And the battle becomes my identity. We identify with the battles more than we should, so we forget who we should really be. So, who am I? Well, the Bible makes it very clear who we are. We are co-heirs with Christ, Romans 8, 17. I won't read them out because of time, but you can look at them later. 2 Corinthians 6, 1a, as we work together with him. So we work together with God, so we're co-workers with him. We're not just slaves, but we are also co-workers. We're equals. 
with the almighty, everlasting God of the universe. 2 Corinthians 6, 1a, and John 14, 12, very truly I say to you, the one who believes in me will also do the works I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I'm going to the Father, said Jesus. Ephesians 2, 6, raised us up and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is, the next slide, is what I believe God is saying to the church now. We are going to feel autumn coming, season of mists and mellow fruitfulness, close to bosom friend of the maturing sun. As John Keats said a few years ago, old mate of mine, he died, bless him. It will soon be autumn, but God is going to deliver spring. It's going to be like nothing we've ever seen before. I feel it in the spirit. And part of what we heard last week from the young people experiencing the supernatural power of God, that is going to increase. I believe God is bringing in a time of supernatural power, but not just healing and miracles and stuff like that. But remember when Paul Haycraft spoke? No, if you weren't here, basically go hear the tape, but, or the click on the internet thing. But he spoke about the kinds of things we do as a church. We reach out to one another, we clear each other's gardens, we lend each other cars, we do radical stuff. Avril spoke quickly afterwards and said, it's because of the supernatural power of God that we do these things. We take them for granted. But God's supernatural power gives us the ability to love one another. And I believe that love is going to go out into the community in ways we've never seen before. So it's not just going to be the church ministering to the church, but the church ministering to the community. And it will affect who we are and who we believe we are. There's an old Hebrew tale. The, the Jews would have grown up knowing this very well indeed. 2 Kings 4.42, a man came from Baal Shalisha, bringing food, food from the first fruits to the man of God. That's Elisha. 20 loaves of barley and fresh ears of grain in his sack. Elisha said to his servant, give it to the people and let them eat. But his servant said, look, how can I set this before 100 people? So Elisha repeated, give it to the people and let them eat. For says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left over. He said it before them, they ate, and they had some left, according to the word of the Lord. The feeding of the 100. We don't often hear about this story. We forget it. Why? Because it was trumped a few years later. <laughs> Just a bit. Bless Elisha. He had a few other miracles anyway. But this was one of those miracles. Now, what's significant is the loaves of barley... Why barley loaves? Because they signify the coming of spring. Barley is harvested in some places in April. And so they have barley ready for Passover. Signifies the coming of spring. It will soon be autumn, but God is going to deliver spring to us instead. God is bringing spring to lifeline. We've had a season of bringing in the kingdom by stealth, meeting the community, loving the community, serving the community at the expense of the community. I believe God is now going to bring, move us into a season of bringing in the kingdom through proclamation. Proclamation not just through the word, but also through works. We're going to lay hands on people and see them healed in the community, people who don't even believe in God, let alone believe in healing.
but that is going to happen. God is bringing spring to lifeline. How do we prepare for this? By finding out or remembering who we are. The disciples had to learn the lesson the hard way. When it was evening, the disciples came to Jesus and said, it's a deserted place, the hour's late. Send the crowds away so they can buy food for themselves. And Jesus said to them, no, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. They replied, look, we've got nothing left but five loaves and two fish. They were barley loaves, incidentally. And he said, bring them to me. He ordered the crowd to sit down. Taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked to heaven and breast and rose. Now, the miracle, I believe, didn't take place at this point. I might be wrong, but I think the miracle took place when the disciples took the basket with tiny little paltry bits of bread and started giving them. As the disciples gave, more came. They were feeding. You give them something to eat. Jesus was saying, you will give them something to eat. The miracle was performed by them. Jesus blessed the stuff because he wanted to thank the Father. That's the kind of thing. It's an incredible thing. You get on, you perform the miracle. Calming the storm. On that day, the evening had come, Jesus said, let's go to the other side. The, the Son of God had said, we are now going to cross to the other side. So God had spoken. So nothing was going to stop him. Or was it? Leaving the crowd behind, they took the boat just as he was, and you know the story, the boat was being swamped, and he was in the stern asleep on the cushion. They said, teacher, don't you care? We're perishing. And he woke up, and he rebuked the wind and said, peace, be still. And he looked at them and said, why have you got no faith? And he probably went back to sleep. And they said, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Now, the disciples did have faith. They had faith in Jesus. They panicked, but they did wake him up. But what was Jesus expecting? I think Jesus was possibly expecting them to calm the storm. But it had never occurred to them. And as I've read this and studied this particular passage, I've thought, well, I would have done the same, and I probably would. And yet Jesus expects more. Now, this is a metaphorical storm. Storms will come, and God will give us the grace to go through those storms. But I believe possibly even real storms may come. <laughs> Amanda and I were in a, a storm in our tent recently. We did rebuke the thing. <laughs> anyway, you give them something to eat. You've got the power, guys. Do it. When faced with sickness, we pray for the sick. But what did Jesus and his disciples do? They didn't pray. Look at the 72. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you, cure the sick who are there, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come to you. Just cure them. Lay hands on them and command the thing to go and move on. This is mind-blowing stuff. What's even more mind-blowing is these guys weren't even Christians in the classical sense of the word. Christianity hadn't been invented yet. One of those was Judas Iscariot. Did he heal the sick? Yes, probably. Cure the sick. You give them something to eat. You do it. He is the master of the wind, but sometimes he gives us the ability to command the wind and the waves. This is Luke 10.8, by the way. 
because I haven't put the reference on there. God has given us a mandate to govern with him. Proclamation, as I've said, through his words and proclamation through his word. What does rulership look like? Well, look at, look at the book of Esther. As soon as the king, Ahasuerus, or Xerxes, saw Queen Esther standing in the court, she won his favor. He probably thought, wow, she's lovely. And he held out a golden scepter and said, what is it, Queen Esther? What's your request? It shall be given you even half my kingdom. Esther approached, verse 2, and touched the top of his scepter, which meant co-rulership of the whole of the kingdom of Persia. Esther was a nobody from a Jewish family who was raised up to become a queen, born for such a time as this. That's where the, that verse comes from. We are born for such a time as this, for the spring that God is bringing. This is a picture of how we rule with God. God is saying to us, touch the scepter, guys. What do you want? And it will be granted to you. What is our authority? Truly, says Jesus, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You have the authority. It will soon be autumn. But God is going to deliver spring instead. This autumn, we will be presented with unique opportunities to demonstrate his kingdom. How? Well, we can start here. We can practice. We can say, God, give us grace. Show us how to feed the hungry. Show us how to lay hands on those and see them transformed. Show us what we can do. We can do it in each other's homes. We can proclaim the kingdom in the new coffee shop that's coming. Or in the community hub in Castle Point. We can see the kingdom reach members of the community. God is mobilizing his people this autumn to make it look like spring. When John said, cast your mind back to when God met with you, it was a nice feeling, but it was so that we can bring that feeling to millions of other people. We may only reach one person, but that person can reach a thousand, and they can reach a thousand. And before you know it, God has multiplied his word, just as he did multiply the bread and the fish. We can see it in the November conference with our brothers and sisters from LNI. As John said, guys like Anacleto have given their lives to come. Let us see the kingdom of God restore peace and confidence and encouragement and vision to them so that when they come, we can minister to them. That might be through a cup of coffee, but with that cup of coffee, just a word of encouragement, a word from the Lord, a psalm. There are many ways we can do this. It doesn't just have to be in one particular way. But I do believe, as God showed the young people, it will be also through the supernatural. How do we do this? Become familiar with the Father's voice. When Mark was 
finishing off the worship, he was talking about the Father. And Richard prayed a prayer about the Father. As we get to know the Father, we become familiar with him. It'll be about hearing and understanding and getting used to his voice. There's a guy in India, if you've seen the film Father of Lights, uh, you will have come across him. If you haven't seen the film yet, do get a copy. Um, we'll probably do a, a showing sometime at Castle Point. It's just about some of the stuff that God's doing in the world. And two things come across. One is about the supernatural, yes, but the second thing that comes across loud and clear is the love of the Father. We want people to experience the love of the Father that we can experience. It's wonderful what Mark shared, what Richard prayed, but we want people who have no clue about this to experience the love of the Father. I don't care if people believe in God. I want them to meet the Father. It's not about belief. It's about meeting a person, getting to know a person, loving a person, becoming familiar with the Father's voice. As I said at the beginning, God pulled me back into my room. And one of the things he's doing is teaching me how to become more familiar with his voice. Um, as I was saying, this guy in India, he hears an audible voice, turn-by-turn -turn navigation every day. Go here, go there. And God leads him to individuals, one at a time. But they're significant people. And he leads them to him. Our identity should be tied up in God because we are made to co-rule with him. We have a lot more authority than we sometimes realize or allow for. In a minute, I'm going to ask you to respond. Just before we do that, remember the tsunami word that God gave me. Um, it was in my room in January, and I texted it to Amanda. She said, why, you know, it's interesting. What is God doing? Because you're up in your room seeing very few people and writing. And it's great. You're getting, you know, paid on occasion. Um, but what's God doing? Because you're an extrovert. You're a, you're a people person. You're a communicator. And here you are writing. And so I wrote this back. I have a picture of my life which ties in with what you're thinking about my spheres of life having diminished significantly. It's a season specifically designed by God for a purpose. Before a huge wave hits the shore, there is a quiet moment when the sea pulls back considerably. God is bringing me back to him. As he calls us to bring spring to the lives of our community, he's calling us to come back to him. If you want to come back to him, just stand now where you are. And uh, let's just reach out to him. Let's just remember who it's for. Father, we give this season to you as we go back to our schools and our workplaces and our universities, our colleges, as we think about the next step in our lives, we come to you and say, you are my father. You, God, 
are my identity. And I thank you for that. I praise you for it. But also, Lord, I want to bring that identity to everyone I meet. Give me compassion for those I see, not, Lord, to feel sorry for them, not even to empathize with them, but to do something for them, whether it's lay hands on them and see them delivered of whatever's oppressing them, to see them healed, to feed them, to give them something, whether it's to give them a piece of cake or a cup of coffee, whether it's to give them some clothing or to give them a a lift or to give them a car or to give them a house. Show us, Lord. Open our ears to hear your voice in Jesus' name. Thank you, Dave. That's a powerful prophetic exhortation there that we receive with joy. I like the idea of spring bursting forth. Uh, We receive that, yes? Yeah? I'm not convinced. We receive it? Yes. It's good to affirm and say, yes, put our amen, the so be it there. Uh, We take hold of it. We believe with our heart and confess with our mouth. It's important. God deliver us from being just English in our culture and character. We are not. We are kingdom people. We're released to express and respond to God. Amen? Well, that's very good. All right, so we're, uh, it's opportunity to fellowship. Um, if you're visiting or here for the first time, special welcome. We have opportunity to to greet you amongst with one another as we have a coffee together. And uh, let's really take that, that word and come together on Tuesday, begin to pray through into the things that Neil has talked to us about. Thank you very much, Dave. Of course, the team is here. So you need to just come to this area here if you'd like to activate that.